Hey. <laughs> hey girl. Hey girl. And today we're talking about everyone's favorite subject, depression. depression. So fun. So upbeat. <laughs> Just really keeping in the tone. You sent me an article on psychiatry.org. Oh, yes. About depression. Yeah. And it's simply titled, What is Depression? Right. And in it, it says that an estimated 1 in 15 adults experience depression on any given year, and 1 in 6 people will experience depression at some time in their life. Mm -hmm. And it says that women are more likely, I think, because of our innate empathy and uh, sensitivity. Mm -hmm. uh, so women are more... Mm -hmm. Women are more susceptible mm -hmm. to depression mm -hmm. and that it most commonly hits people during their late teens or mid-twenties. Right. Just some interesting sort of facts. but Yeah, it's like more common than I think we're talking about. One in six people. Yeah. That's pretty serious. Yeah. It doesn't go in to say how many people experience sort of lifelong depression, which I'd be interested to hear. Well, I also think, I don't know if we even have that data because... Not everyone's talking about this, Word. you know, or people are just struggling and not realizing, or people are coming out of it and have no idea, not processing it or whatever, Yeah, you know. I think that's what was so valuable for me was to just hear that my bad days had a name. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something outside of yourself. It's not your true identity. I'm not a Debbie Downer. No, it's a thing. It's an illness just as anything. I'm fun. Oh my gosh. Sounds fun. I'm fun! Just as like a physical illness would hit you, this mental illness hits you. Seeing it as physical is something I bring up all the time, which I didn't come up with, mm -hmm. but it truly does help me. Like, mm -hmm. I would not give you a hard time if I invited you to a party and mm -hmm. you told me you broke your leg and you can't come. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, get your broken ass leg yeah. up get those and get crutches. to this party. B. So... If you say I'm having a bad brain day yeah, and I can't go to your party, I'm going to treat it the same way as a broken leg. Yeah. It's also that idea of like you don't have to have ever experienced it. I hope you don't. And you don't have to fully understand. But please believe me when I say it's so fucking tough. Yes. You know? like Yes. It's not – I'm not bitching out. I'm pretty fucking strong. I've come through a lot in my life. I'm going to tell you this is just – it's right up there. It's hard. I'm not lying. I'm not being a drama queen. Yeah. Don't yeah. give your friend a hard time Yeah. if they can't come to the club because they don't feel well that day. Yeah. Also, what is ever going on in the club that's, like, so pressing for us? I love us? the club. I'm no, trying to hit the club tonight. No. No. Ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the bank head mouse. Gross. <laughs> I think before I got diagnosed, I always just equated depression to sadness. Right. And I've learned now a few years a few years after that that it doesn't always just look like that. Sometimes it looks very differently. Oh yeah. Like sometimes I still say I'm sad. Right. Even when I'm feeling depressed and those two things are not the same. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, for you, for us in particular, but I think as society becomes more and more aware, it's to give better language. You know, and that's the thing is I don't think depression is sadness because it doesn't present like that. I don't not I don't identify with feeling sad. I would more identify with feeling numb sometimes right. or disconnected. Yes. You know, or like in a haze. Like there's so many other 
things. And we look at these like commercials, you know, these robotic illustrations for drugs, for antidepressants. And I'm like, they're just sobbing. And there's like an actual rain cloud illustrated over them. And I'm like, yeah, that could be someone's reality and it's not mine. And it's like not a service to just assume that we're all just like weepy messes going through depression it can look a lot of different ways like sometimes you're over like you're sleeping all the time sometimes you are not sleeping at all right you know and there's so many different things and I'm not a medical professional I only know my journey and in all that research I'm like man this is super diverse and I can't address all of it (laughs) right well yeah I mean that's that's really true like I actually am the biggest crybaby I know and I didn't emote yeah before I got on medication Yeah. And that was a sign to me that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Even while I was experiencing like really sad events, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't responding to them in a way that I expected of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that something was off. Yeah. So it's, it really isn't the same as sadness. No. And that's the thing. It's like, that's what it's important is to know yourself and you can go from there because you're the expert. If it's a normal thing to cry and that you're functioning, that's actually great for you then you'll know like oh that's cool I'm actually not depressed I just you know I love crying it's so cathartic (laughs) I do you know I'm team crybaby good for you I think it is very important for us to get down sort of our and dirty ew oh okay just get down our stories get down our stories yeah (laughs) I was gonna say get down our stories um because I just think it's cool to sort of hear someone else's background what makes us experts truly in the field? Well, it makes us experts in ourselves. In the field. In the field. Yeah. Of ourselves. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Do you want to go first? Moonbeam? Yeah. I'm just going to get it out and then just I'm going to be done. out. All right. So depression. Wow. So I got a job that I thought was going to be dope working for this public speakers agency. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. Yeah. The owner of the company was like in the middle of a psychotic break. He is a terror mm-hmm. and he, he terrorized all of us. Mm-hmm. And so it was a horrible, horrible situation. But I remember having this bad panic attack at work, at my desk. My friend said, reach out to my friend, ask her some questions. I G chatted her and I just said, I'm not well. Yeah. Help. Yeah. And she did. Yeah, she was one of the first people who said to me, like, you're not alone. Yeah. And I hear you. Yeah. And it will be okay. Yeah. And she said to me almost a hundred times in Gchat, like, it sounds corny, but it will get better. I promise you it will get better. Right. And those words were so deeply important to me because at that point where I was within my brain, I, I truly didn't think it would ever get better. Yeah. And I had been living with a brain that wasn't working properly for several years at that point. Yeah. So I just kind of resolved that that was my life. But then when I got into that bad, bad panic attack, I was like, okay, this can't be it. So I made an appointment with my doctor and, uh, I, I got into his office and I said, Hey, I have anxiety. And he was like, talk to me about your symptoms. Right. And I was like, well, I can't function. I can't read or think. Mm -hmm. I cannot process any new thoughts. Mm -hmm. I have a million thoughts coming at me at any given point. And I don't sleep like a normal person. And I sleep a ton during the day. And he was like, do you wake up at night? I was like, I wake up a thousand times. Mm. And he was like, based on what you've described to me, I'm going to say you have depression. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time 
Right. Someone said that to me. Yeah. And I was like, say what now? I was like, no, dummy, I have anxiety. And he was like, you have both, my friend. He's like, I didn't realize you were a doctor. (laughs) Dr. Moonbeam. You actually don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just sobbing uncontrollably sitting on his exam table because he has defined what I've been going through. Yeah. And he gave it a name. They gave it language. Right. Yeah. And so that was a really, really defining moment. Like, it was a big deal. I had to sit in that exam room for another, like, 20 minutes to collect myself because I was just, like, very emotional about it. Yeah. And I felt this intense feeling of relief, although I felt still very poorly in my brain. Yeah. So he... Gave me a prescription for Lexapro, Mm -hmm. and Lexapro treats both depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And he said, "This is not for the rest of your life." Yeah. And you, this is the lowest dose you can take. So he said, "Deal with me that you'll go to therapy." He was like, "Yeah, that's responsible." Right. You can't just be popping pills. (laughs) Well, (laughs) unsupervised. So many doctors do just prescribe whatever and then just bounce. Like they don't care at all. And it made me feel that he did care. Yeah. And that he was invested in my well being. Yeah. And so he said, You're gonna have a follow up with me in six weeks, and by then you need to have made an appointment with a therapist. And so that was really important for me to hear because it was so difficult at that point to simply Google something. You don't even know where to start. No, my brain just wasn't working. Yeah. And I'm a smart person, but yeah. I couldn't navigate the internet. Yeah. Like, it just was so challenging. What are you going to Google? Like, what do you do when you feel bad and your boss sucks and the weather's terrible? <laughs> yeah. And then I can't sleep, but then I do sleep too much. Brain bad. And then, like, Google's like, okay. No. Sure. Yeah. Let me fix you right up. Yeah, I got you. I mean, fortunately, he gave me the name of like a low-cost clinic. So I ended up finding a clinic and and going to therapy, and uh, it changed my life. Yeah. It changed my life. Yeah. I did not know prior to that that I could feel better. Yeah. I knew that I used to feel better. But you don't know if like, oh, this is my new reality. It became my or new normal. Is this my adulthood? Like, you don't know. Right. I was so involved in the new version of my life like I just thought that's what life was now well and it's tough like you're not a naturally negative person where you're trying to look for the fault you're thinking like how can I do better right which it means like you're not just assuming there's something wrong that you can address outside you're like well I'm gonna just keep improving which is like well, you need to just lean in. There's actually another factor. Yes, that. because so much of this was beyond my control. Oh, yeah. And I was doing, I was pulling out every tool I had in my toolbox that I knew to help. Yeah. So we're talking about yoga and Pilates. Yeah. I did, I practiced meditation. Yeah. I tried going for a run. Yeah. And I would just like Google anxiety or Google depression and try and do all the tips. Like go outside and be outside for 10 minutes. And you have friends. It wasn't like you were like just wandering around by yourself. You were trying to talk to people. You had like. I was trying to talk to people. well-intentioned people. It was really, really challenging. And at no fault of any of my friends, I feel like no one really said to me like, hey, based on what you're describing about yourself, I feel like you probably had depression. Yeah. I was uh, an employed person, yeah, and I had a job pretty much the entire time, and I still had a really difficult time managing pretty much anything. And I think like I was as open as I felt I could be, right? But I felt a lot of perceived judgment. I don't think that it was there. No, but there's a stigma. There's there still is. Yeah, 
and it is now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel now that it's so important for us to be talking about this because I think a lot of what I was experiencing, most of what I was experiencing was internal. Yeah. And it was so difficult to articulate. Yeah. I'm not okay. Yeah. And people just sort of expect you to be okay. Or to get there. Yeah. And especially if you're someone like me who's like loud and funny and like social. Right. And so people are like, she's fine. And it's like, I was not fine. No. I wasn't fine for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel immense gratitude to the people who did help me to get to where I am. And now it's like, yes, I do have depression. It's something I live with. It's, it's not my fault. Right. And I am okay, but I'm okay now with like a shit ton of help. Yeah. Anyway. What a great doctor, I will say, because he sounds so responsible and, like, so able to communicate how caring he is. Because I think even really well-intentioned ones, it's like you don't feel safe or guided or anything, you know? And it seems that he really switched your path in, like, so many responsible loving ways. Yeah. And the way that he presented it to me was just like, yeah, I see this all the time. Yeah. He wasn't like judging you. No. He was like, okay, so yeah, you have depression. Yeah. And you have anxiety. Yeah. And we're going to get you some help. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Help? It's scary. It's super scary. Because you want to say you'll you'll trust your intuition, but my intuition had flown out the window. She was gone. (laughs) Yeah. I could not find her anywhere. Because I was just like, okay. Like, for most of the, those days, I would just be like, I'm doing my best. Yeah. And sometimes my best was sleeping for 18 hours. Right. Um, but yeah, I am grateful to him and I'm grateful yeah. to my friends who did hear me and, yeah. and did their best to try and point me in a good direction. Right. And I'm not knocking yoga at all. I think yeah. yoga is phenomenal or meditation or acupuncture. Right. And I was doing all those things. Yeah. But none of them were fixing my brain. No. They just weren't. No. And what has helped fix my brain and put it back together has been Lexapro right and therapy well it's also I think just to to have someone give you the language and recognize it as something outside of yourself like this is depression yes it's something it's a mental illness it's powerful and it's not you right you are not depression you are not the thing that is wrong here yes there's something actually you can identify outside of your true self right. it's not like oh I have to just like get back in touch with me it's like no no there's this bitch hanging out with me <laughs> it's not it's, she's separate it's not a personality trait no yeah no and yes, it's not something you've done to yourself. No. I think there's so many different environmental factors and, totally. you know, I'm still reading about it and learning more about yeah. depression all the time Yeah. Um, because I do think that it's not, it's not simple. No. But to me, it's so important to hear other people who have had a similar experience Yeah. Uh, because it does truly make me feel heard and make me feel like there is a community. Yeah. And I hate that so many of us have to struggle with this. Yeah. But I feel like I'm in good company. Yeah. And it is important to keep telling our stories because someone else doesn't have the same story as either one of us, Mm -hmm. but maybe there's a piece, you know, or maybe there's something that they are like, okay, well I can connect to that. Or I am able to like in that vulnerability, find courage because even if we had the exact same symptoms or us and someone else or whatever, we different, we have different, 
situations and different yeah. ways where and we're all so diverse and different like right. it's never gonna look exactly the same Absolutely. so the more of us that speak up it's like well that does that resonates like that's information to me that like okay well here's another sign of like someplace I can go or a way to understand this right and I think it's just very powerful to hear you're not alone yeah that was and a big deal and that you're okay like you're not you're not failing at everything. You're not some, like, mismade person that, like, whoops, fucked up on this one. Right. You know? Because depression really does tell you so many false stories. Oh, yeah. And it can convince you. Yeah. Of, of really negative things about yourself that simply are not true. Yeah. So it is really important to be, to be able to step outside of that. And that's only possible with help. Right. All of us need help. Yeah. I got help. Yeah. And um, I want to I wanna hear from you. I want to hear about your story, but I want to hear from you too. Like, what does depression look like for you? Like, what do the symptoms look like for you? Well, it's different now because, um, I mean, I've been dealing with depression since I was 11, 10 or 11, definitely 11. Hmm. And... Um, part of what was hard for me in diagnosing in my twenties mm-hmm. is because I was so sad as a child and just like sobbing uncontrollably, like just like jumping out on like the roof of my house and just like getting ready to jump. Like just, it was just so dark and heavy and mm-hmm. I couldn't, it was like a huge rain cloud was around me and then I would start self mutilating and it just felt like this. Did that feel constant for you? Like, every night, sometimes. I mean, definitely the first time I had, like, suicidal tendencies, I felt sad. And I know something triggered it. And also, like, looking back, it was, like, not a world crisis by any means. It was, like, a drama that means a lot to you when you're 11, Mm. you know? Which, looking back, you're like, wow, you just, you have no vision of what's outside (laughs) in the world. But how could you? You can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And just feeling like everything was crashing down. And then kind of coming out a little bit, but then definitely when I was in my teens, it was every night a lot of times. And just like I couldn't function and like I would, I would get myself to school every day, but sometimes I'd just be crying in the morning, you know, and just. Did I mean, you also, know what it was? No. I mean, I the thing is though, because I was suicidal, I knew it has, it has to be. That's the only thing that's like directly attached you know, to depression is suicide. Right. And so I was like, well, I've got to be in this area. Um, and just because I felt so sad, which, you know, you think of sadness and depression and, a, you know, there was a lot of tears that it made sense to me, but I didn't fully understand the sickness and I didn't fully understand like, maybe I'm a sad person or maybe I'm super dramatic, mm. you know, I have no idea. Mm. Um, but depression in my more recent and then like in my adult years has just been like either a numbness or a checking out Mm -hmm. or just like I'm here right I don't know I'm breathing it's been more of like oh I've just been sitting here I did not even know yeah oh wait now I'm still sitting here and it's the second day in a row well then I must be a piece of shit you know I'm not like experiencing like high traumas you know, all the time now. You think there's supposed to be a reason or something like direct that you can link that to? That's the thing. It's like, yeah. you know, like as a kid, you know, and then like during this time, like my parents are going through a divorce and like in an abusive relationship, all these things. And then as an adult, I'm like, I'm, 
I'm literally lying on a couch. Like, I'm fine. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. this is a great situation. Well, you should be fine. That's what, and that's what you you're think. Not. Is you think, like, why, and that's the thing, is then it starts to get into this dangerous spiral for me where it's like, well, you, I should be doing something differently. I should yeah. be better than this. I should have learned by this point. Judgment. You're practicing right. judgment. And I'm like, it is taking every ounce of me to, like, get a drink of water right now. Right. Like, if I fucking get up and get to the kitchen, like... I don't know. I might just sink into the ground. I have no idea. It just mm. feels like that. A massive undertaking. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember there have been different times where it was like, I would just have these conversations in my brain. Like, just get up. Mm. Just literally sit on top of the bed and don't be laying in it. And it would take, you know, like five hours. Yeah. Like, until I was like, okay, it's noon. This is the last possible acceptable yeah. moment for this. And it would take like, oh, it's five o'clock. Get going, girl. Uh, the same is true for me. Yeah. I, if I would have something that I had to do, like something I committed to doing. Yeah. And it would be like, okay, just get here by four. Right. I would be in bed till 2.38. Yeah. Just like, what's the last possible minute I can get out of here yeah. and shower yeah. and be a person in the world? Yeah. And then I would finally go and feel terrible the entire time. Right. It's not like I got out of the house and was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah. it's dope out here. Yeah. No, I was like, I would love to get back into bed. For sure. But it, it, I did the exact same thing. Yeah. Procrastinate until you have no choice but to be an active human in society. But even like, I don't know what's better if like I had, if I have something to do or if I don't, because I know when, I don't know if we were working together, but when we were at that when I was at the company at some point, I was definitely going through a depression mm. and it was like the hardest thing to get out of bed and get there on time, yeah. you know? And I was also, I was like, never really, I never was late. I would make it and I would function. I would kick ass yeah. during the day. Yeah. And yet it still felt like everything is the hardest thing. You know, like even though I was like, I had happy moments, I was succeeding, I showed up, like I'd managed to take a shower and look presentable and be fine to the outside world. It felt like I was like carrying something around with me that was invisible and I couldn't articulate, you know, and then I would go home and be like, well, there's got to do this whole fucking thing all over again. Yeah. I've thought a lot about that. I I think that for my positive mental health, I need routine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's important for me to have to leave my home. Right. Because otherwise, if I'm in an episode, a depressive episode, I can convince myself that it's cool to be in my home, in my bed alone for a week. Yeah. And that just doesn't feel healthy. Yeah. So even if I'm unwell. Yeah. Which is, is, has been pretty common. Right. Um, I tell myself that it is important to go be in the world and interact with someone and maybe see the sun. Right. And do comb your hair. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it really does feel like it's the end of the world. Right. But so many of us do walk through life right. feeling like that. Right. And still holding down jobs and still being smart and still participating. Yeah. But just hating it. Well, you know, for me, it's not just, like, the showing up for stuff that's been helpful. It's been, like, telling people. And it's only been in probably, you know, the last five to ten years where I start to do that. Because the last time I had, like, a really noticeable depressive episode, which took me a while to even realize, even though I've been dealing it for most of my life at this point. Right. um, I just, like, I 
walk my friend's dog during the day and I would wait until the absolutely last minute that I knew I'm like he's gonna have to go pee like you know and I don't want to cause harm to her I don't want to cause harm to the dog like I care about it and I just like couldn't figure it out mm-hmm. you know like how to get there and I actually told her that and she goes if you ever can't do it don't do it just mm-hmm. tell me and it shifted everything right it was still hard but it was not as hard because I knew I had an out and I knew I had someone who understood mm. because I also was like, I'm going to tell you I'm physically fine. I can function. There's sure. like absolutely no reason except for this illness that I'm dealing with. Right. And it was like said, you know, she responded to it in such a place of non-judgment where it was like, you don't have to justify it to me. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. And I'll take care of it. And it was like, it just like relieved some of the weight where all of a sudden I was like I can do it even though it's still hard I'm like I have an option I know I'm held in this relationship and I can all of a sudden do it it's like not this like weird shame spiral in the same way it like takes some of that edge off of it yeah and that's that's how I felt it has been one of the most important things is sharing it is sharing like Mm -hmm. especially in these last several years I remember I talked to a women's group we were reading a book doing the artist way together and I shared with them, I was like, hey, guys, by the way, unrelated to the book, um, I'm going through a depression. Yeah. And I was like, didn't really expect it. Right. I'm still not even better equipped, you know. But feeling, here we are. Feeling like I'm failing. And, like, you know, a couple of the girls were like, I feel for you. I have no idea what that's like. I totally feel for you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was like, yeah. Same. I go through it. Right. Do you need to talk about some stuff? You need to talk about some meds? I'm here. I've been through all of mm. it. And then one of them was just like, you're held. Like, no matter what, you're held. And it was, like, so profound to me to just be like, I don't need anything from you. Yeah, I don't actually want to talk about it. No, and I honest. don't. There's nothing for you to do in this. There's nothing even for me to do. I'm just kind of, like, waiting this shit out and right. trying to live my life as best as I can. And it was, again, it, like, everything felt so much easier after that to just be like, I'm not hiding you know, because it's this mm. other thing where it's like you're carrying around this weight and then you're like dodging between the shadows to be like, let me hide this too with this big fucking thing. And I'm trying to like succeed. It was just like you're acting too, too much. You're acting. Yeah. We, it takes all the energy. Right. And we do. We we put on shows. Yeah. Based on what we think people want to see from us. Yeah. And that is inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And I am... I'm guilty of it because I had no choice. Like that, if I needed to be at a birthday party, I was going to have to put on a show. Right. Because I really did not feel well. Yeah. And I, that's just a part of, of mental illness. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And talking about it is so valuable, but someone simply saying like, I see you. Yeah. And I may not have the exact same experience, but I understand. And you're safe. Right. You know, like you're, you're allowed to be like that. Like, do what you need to do. Another really cool thing for me is like the first time I said to E that I was going through this, which, you know, you don't want to really tell someone you're in, you're like, who's getting to know you. You're dating like BT dub, struggling with mental illness, yeah. super sexy, you know, but, um, when I first was starting to notice it, which is also hard because I don't know, like it looks kind of different to me every time. And, Again, like, there's this judgment, like, I haven't gotten any better at figuring this out, Mm. you know, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And so when I first was like, so I'm going to tell you and I'm going to open up. And I 
I'm going to need your help. And also you're going to learn this really vulnerable thing about me that I've been struggling with my entire life. And I feel like I might lose you because of it. Mm. So I was like, by the way, I'm depressed. And he was like, okay, well, I don't know what that is. Can you like, what do you need? You know? (laughs) And I was like, such a great response. It was like very naive, but in the most wonderful way. Cutie. And I was like, well, sometimes I just can't get off the couch. And he was like, oh, okay, well, if you ever can't get off the couch, just let me know. I can pick up dinner. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I did not even know that I needed to hear that. But him giving me, like, a permission yes. slip to be like, oh, wow, was it – it was tough to get out yeah, of the bed. Day. You made it to the couch? Good yeah. for you. Yeah. You know, And I was like, that is not good. How irresponsible. I'm a terrible adult. And he right. was like – Ooh, it seems like a full day. Like you were just lying there. Ooh. <laughs> you know, and I was like, what? Like you sound ridiculous. Yeah. But it was also like so beautiful because he was like, if you can't do anything besides be on the couch, then you, you can't do anything. Right. And I was like, so be on the couch. He was like, so be on the couch. Yes. And he's, and then it was really sweet where at one point he was like, I hope you like can at some point like enjoy it. That'd be really cool. Like how great, you know, like when you're sick, like and you have like a head cold and yeah. you're like. This feels terrible, but I'm going to watch all the movies I've been missing out on. And The Price is Right. Yeah, exactly. He was like, I hope you can get that. I'm like, I can't. No. You know, but... That's not part of it. But it was, like, really sweet to be like, I hope at some point, even if your behavior doesn't change, at least you don't feel badly about it. Yes. You know? The judgment piece of it mm-hmm. is is definitely an ongoing struggle for me. Oh, yeah. I definitely have days where it may not even necessarily feel like a depressive episode, but I feel low, you know? And so I like refer to lethargy all the time Mm -hmm. because it's just like, I'm not tired, but I feel lethargic Mm -hmm. and I feel slow and it'll be like, I have all these things that I need to accomplish today and I don't want to do any of them. Mm -hmm. And so someone in my life will be like, well, what are the things? And Mm -hmm. I'll be like, wash the dishes, take out the trash and wash my hair. Right. And they're like, I think you got this. Yeah. And then I'll do them. Yeah. And I will literally feel like I just ran two marathons back oh, yeah. to back. Oh, yeah. Winning them. Right. First place. You are better like, than Kenya at bitch, this point. I comb my damn hair. Like, do you see my hair? Do you see it? Conditioned. Have you ever dealt with this type of hair? <laughs> right. This is an undertaking. So I, I have moved on to that sort of self-congratulatory yes. thing. Yes. Because it helps me get through the judgment. Those thoughts do still come up where it's yeah. like, God, you're so fucking lazy. Like, just get out of bed. Right. Get up. Yeah. Or just answer the text message. Right. Or just open up your Instagram. Yeah, just move a little bit. Do a thing. Yeah. And and everything inside me is screaming, no. Right. Don't do that thing. Yeah. So then I feel like a lazy ass. I know. And yeah, so now if I do have like three seemingly mundane tasks that I need to complete on a day in where I feel unwell, mm-hmm. I then congratulate myself. Yeah. Like, hell yeah, girl, you participated. Yeah. You showered. Yeah. You smell good right now. You're doing better. Your sheets are, like, relatively clean. You're like, all right. good work. You're okay. <laughs> you know, okay. the other thing about judgment, um, kind of unrelated, but it's on that idea is we each have our own paths and it's not going to look like your success may not feel that way to me if I were to apply it yeah, and vice versa. And that's totally fine. Yes. Like I respect that you're on meds. I've been on meds. I went on Wellbutrin or I think I went on like the generic Mm -hmm. version of that. And I told her, I was like, I'm not sure it's working, 
it might be a placebo. I'm starting to feel better. And she's like, you might actually be feel, feeling better because you're in therapy, mm. you know, or just like, maybe this is just ending or maybe the situation is like becoming a little bit easier. She's like, I don't know either. Right. And that's fine. We don't have to like fully solve it to like still be proactive and in this conversation. Yeah. But there's some people who don't ever want to go on meds. Yeah. And I totally respect that. Even if you're like, shit, it might help you and you don't want to. I totally respect sure, that. Sure. And that's the thing. Like there's so many versions of how this could look like. And it's oh, yeah. not for us to determine for anyone else, even if we seemingly are presenting the same way. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. I think what's important though is when you have an experience yeah. uh, that is meaningful to you yeah. to be able to share that with someone. Totally. So I definitely have a couple friends who just in listening to them, right. I can now spot some yeah. of the some of the same special traits of a depressive person. Right. And so I might just lovingly offer them what I've done. Right. And and give them a couple options and ideas and and suggest. I mean, I'm going to suggest therapy to every single person. Totally. We all can benefit from therapy. Yeah. But, you know, whether or not medication is an important part of your care, yeah. That's definitely not for me to say. Yeah. I just know what's helped me. Yeah. And and to your point earlier, mm -hmm. it's ongoing. Oh, yeah. So this is what works for me today. Yeah. It may not work for me in a month, mm -hmm. and that's also okay. Mm -hmm. And it's important to be adaptable, but I think just getting your brain into a place where you can even process that type oh, of yeah. thought is so major. Totally. Well, now, you know, a big thing that I've also taken on is when my brain is in a better place to like set myself up as best as I can. Yeah. Because luckily my therapist in New York, she was, I mean, she's the best, but she had recommended this book, The Mindful Way Through Depression. Oh. And, um, I got it and I have it and they say in it, like, do not read this if you're in a depression. Right like, <laughs> yeah. just wait. Right. Wait it out and right. then come back because you can't process it and you're going to start to be like, I can't do it. So I have it and it came with, at the time, a CD, CD-ROM. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, but it has um, mindfulness exercises and meditations that are guided and then yeah. it also, it ties back into the book. And I have to do it when, I, when I'm well, you know, so I set myself up and I can recognize I've only been able to learn that much in hindsight, you know, and outside of the depression. Yeah. And so that's the thing is when I feel better, it's not like the work is done. You know, right. like when you're in it, it's like you're taking everything to like maybe get out of it or just survive, you know. But then for me, being out of it, the work is almost like more active to be like, okay, I got to like make sure I have, like I know who to call. I know what I would need to do mm -hmm. if it gets to a certain point. Here's where I go to therapy. Here's where I could get meds. Here's who I can turn to. Mm -hmm. Here's a person I'm going to have an honest conversation with. So when it happens, they can expect that phone call, you know, <laughs> yes. like, oh, you, yep, it's happening. So it's go time. It's go. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. And try and sort of digest everything I can right. about depression so that I feel better equipped when an episode does hit me. Because right. it's important to note, too, that even using all the tools that I have, um, which I'm pretty privileged to have access to, mm -hmm. uh, the medication, the therapist, like phenomenal friendships that I have, yeah, and like a loving, supportive family. Um, <laughs> half rolling my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Even with all those things, I still have bad days. Yeah. And 
that is the part that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of did anticipate just like being fixed, but it's not, it's a relationship. Yeah. And it does take a lot of work. Yeah. And you have to be active in it. And like you said, when you're having a good day, yeah. Take care of yourself in advance of your bad day. Yeah. At this point, I do know another bad day is going to come. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that is true for everyone, Mm -hmm. but I feel better equipped to handle them. Mm -hmm. And I, as I go along, I'm more and more gentle with myself Mm -hmm. and kind to myself Mm -hmm. when I have a day in which I don't want to interact with anyone. Right. And like, sure, it's not ideal. Nope. Don't love it. I don't love it. Nope. (laughs) It's not my favorite either. But it is what it is. That's what I got to do today. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't want to hang out with this version of me. I don't want to hang out with this version of me. No, she's super whack. She's super whack. She's such a Debbie Downer. She needs a lot. She needs a lot. So, yeah. What is it? Relationship. It's not a daily relationship. (laughs) It's not a daily Shut up! I think in some ways it is a fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It does feel like battle. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But it's something I'm willing to fight for. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I just think, uh, you know, there's a couple different takeaways, but like, if you do have a friend who you think may be in need, like, do your best to find some resources for them. Point mm-hmm. them to like a specific uh, maybe psychotherapy center or a low cost place or even a counselor or online. I use better help mm-hmm. for my online therapy and there are several different versions of that mm-hmm. out now. Mm-hmm. And so do your best to, to offer these things to them and, and do a little bit of handholding because we really do need that. Yeah. You can't really evaluate if that's the right Thing to do at that time and you need someone like to be like yes that seems safe yes or yes that is a proactive step check to therapy do not go to that weird clinic that they picked you up in a van I'm gonna say no that one's a no that one's not not great yeah and at some point you just have to trust yourself which is very challenging yeah when you're in a bad state yeah I mean I also acknowledge like you know Depression like mine, from what I've read, you know, and I've been doing research, you know, in the last 10 years because I've been figuring out my own stuff. But then I recognize that, you know, mine came on when I was a child, which, you know, just neurologically is different than if it comes on in your 20s or later. And there's people who it comes on and it's a one it's a one-time episode, yeah. which I'm like, if you have to deal with it, I, God, I hope it's only a one-time. Like, you know, often from like grieving or some sort of trauma Absolutely. that happens and you process it, but then your mind is like, I recover, I'm resilient, and then I don't need to go back to that same pattern. Right. And so there's a lot of different things. It's like, you don't have to assume that all of a sudden your friend is like going to be dealing with depression for the rest of their life. But like you said, it's important to surround these people with non-judgment and if we can't provide the tools to help find tools, what happened? I just didn't understand that sentence. That's cool. Yeah, it's true. episode thanks for listening to the stella and moonbeam show our theme music is by david bowick we really need your ratings and reviews so hop over to apple Podcasts and leave us some stars and some of your words that feels better all right thank you everyone